Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. New York's biggest fan, Sports Radio Jan-Pak-Dedition-of-JJ-After-Dark-It's-John-G-Strimsky-Right-Here-On-The-Fan-And-This-Guy-Is-A-Regular-Of-Ours-Anytime-Anyplace-Anywhere-But-He-Serves
you know, to endure this thing, you're going to have to be have some cats that are older or just more mentally determined and stronger than the other teams because that's what's going to be required again. And this has been this way all year, whether it was playing home or whether it was playing on the road, whether it was the testing left and right, whether it was the pauses that that occurred, whether it was the the quarantines, whether you know even at Pitt we had you know. Cape was sick with COVID, you know, during one stretch, and I coached a game. Um, you know, his brother Jason got it, and then, you know, we, we had a bunch of guys out with contract tracing. Every time you turn your head, there's another adjustment coming. And I go back to Mike D'Antoni, the you know, former coach with the Knicks for a while in the Lakers and uh, the Rockets. But, you know, in his book, Seven Seconds Left, he says that the job of a coach is really three words. Figure it out. And the reality, no more ever than this year, you're going to have a lot of variables that come into play that are going to change what you already know. Oh, God, there goes two of your starters leading scores. Figure it out. No one cares about Alibi. Your job is to figure it out. And, uh, and you just hit the nail on the head. This year, you know, especially, you're, you better figure things out fast and have your team that adaptable, that nimble, to be able to pivot and, and make magic happen. And the team that's able to do that consistently is the team that's going to win it all. Coach, I think the team that's the favorite to win it all, your former boss is going to be playing them potentially in the second round, and that's Gonzaga. I mean, they are absolutely loaded. They can score the basketball at will. And there are two teams in this bracket they smoked in the regular season. They smoked Iowa. Iowa had no answer for them. They smoked Virginia. Coach, you go up against that Virginia team. You know how tough they are to play. To get humbled the way that they did, I mean, that's telling to me. And I was going through these brackets. I was going through these regions. I know anything can happen. I know in a rematch, things can change. But I got to admit, Coach, I have a hard time envisioning somebody other than Gonzaga in the West region finding a way to the Final Four. Do you agree with that? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a little devil's advocate for you. Okay. Jay, because I, I watch this all the time. I see all these kids. And this goes back to being mentally strong. And don't get me wrong. The Zags are. But. I just know within our team and every team that I've been a part of over the last 33 years in college basketball, that once you think, all right, just because I beat you the first time that I own you, and this is going to be a layup the next time that rarely ever happens. I'm going to bring up a case in point. It was three or four years ago. And you know, you were going to know this because the Q's was in the final four that year, but Oklahoma played Villanova out in Hawaii and Oklahoma beat the tar out of Villanova. And those two teams met in the final four. And Oklahoma kind of rolls in feeling, you know what? All right, we got these dudes. We're better than they. And, you know, when you are riding that wave, you've achieved this, you're there. And Villanova went and cleaned their clocks. They were up gigantic in the first half. They finished that thing. And so the tricky thing for Mark, and, again, I watched those guys the other night, and that would be Mark Few, is, you know, how do you keep your team plugging and chugging? Because they've been so consistent and they've been so good. But they're still undefeated. There's pressure every night they go and they go out. And that notion of, all right, well, we already beat these dudes. You know, we're just going to roll over them. That, that rarely ever is the case again, unless you're just so dominant. And um, but I got a little cool story while we're on the Zags right now. It was interesting oh. because uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah. So the kid Corey Kisper, I tried to recruit when I was at Stanford a long time ago, and okay. uh, he was a young kid back then, and. Uh, I was at Stamps, and I said, Corey, you're not going to believe this, but there's a kid 
that's just like you. You are, you remind me so much of him. And most of the people on the planet don't know him right now. But his name is Christian McCaffrey. And you, you your work ethic, your demeanor, your your intensity, you remind me so much of Christian. And this was when Christian was just the, you know, a, 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 I think he was a freshman or sophomore, whatever he was at Stanford. But you knew this kid had the makings of greatness. And, and you know, and so does Corey. And, he, and he, he's shown that all year. Okay, Coach. If there's going to be a team in the West region that can take down the Zags, Iowa, Oregon, who you know I always like with Dana Altman, even though they didn't have a great showing in the Pac-12 tournament, I think they're a terrific 20 team. Virginia. If and Kansas, we'll throw Kansas in there yeah. too. Iowa, yeah. Oregon, Kansas, Virginia. Who, in your opinion, would have the best shot of knocking them off? Kansas. And why do you and say I that? Say that what's that, buddy? And why do you say that? So here's the deal. So this, I was just telling my son this because he was going through his bracket. Over the years, you've seen teams that were in the top ten, and then all of a sudden they they hit a couple of rough patches. They go to fifteen the Fred Flintstone wheels are still crumbling off. They get to 20 and then they get knocked out of the, the, uh, the top 25. And then those are usually the five twelve upsets because that team was running on fumes toward the end. And then they're going to run into some team that, you know, has got 25 to 30 wins and then they get clubbed. And so what I saw with Kansas was the reverse. They started out where they were obviously the Kansas, they ranked in the top, you know, whatever it was, top five. And then as the season got moving, they got knocked out of the top 25. And normally when those teams get knocked out, almost like Michigan State a little bit, but, but this is more so, they got knocked out of the top 25. And then all of a sudden, you know, they came steamrolling back into this thing, almost like they're in the Kentucky Derby and they got past it, you know, in the, in the first part of the race. And now coming down the back stretch, for them to be a number three seed, like, they have been catching up and making up ground, and they're playing a heck of a lot better. And so if there's one team that could catch them, because they have the size, they have the depth, they have the strength, they got the tradition, in my opinion, it's going to be those guys. We got the associate head coach Pittsburgh, the great Timmy O'Toole. He joins us here on The Fan, breaking down all the ins and outs of the tournament bracket. Coach, you've been a part of teams that have gone on a ride, whether in the NCAA tournament or in the conference tournament. Georgetown who came out of nowhere. They were sub-500. They win Wednesday. They win Thursday. They win Friday. They win Saturday. Beat a couple of good teams in the process. Now they steal a bid. I always wonder, Coach, how do you think this goes with these sort of teams? Do you believe in this idea of riding and carrying that momentum into the NCAA tournament? Or is it sometimes a problem for a team that's on the outside looking in, that works so hard just to get in that when they hit the big dance, they're out of gas. How do you see that shaking out and playing out with Georgetown? So a couple of them, I'm going to stop you a little bit, JJ, but one of the things Coach Krzyzewski used to say when I worked for him down at Duke was that in order to get to the Final Four, and this is once you get into this tournament, right, this is what everyone's trying to do, he says a couple of things have to happen, that have to happen because you need to be extremely lucky. Lucky. One was you had to have everyone healthy, right? The next thing, you had to get put in a favorable bracket because sometimes you'll find some of these brackets are loaded and some are easier. And then the last one was the referees, that when you are in different parts of the country, they call this game differently, right? And if you're a Big Ten team and and you're very, very physical and you get a bunch of Pac-12 refs that are calling every touch 
you know, where your hand is on someone, then all of a sudden you can get nullified. If you if all of a sudden, for instance, like Villanova, like you lose Colin Gillespie and the kid Moore get hurt, you know, you're looking at a number one or two seed, and the next thing you know, you're limping into this tournament. And I go back to what you were just saying, JJ, and I didn't mean to get long-winded on your bike, but two teams that won the Big East, just as you mentioned, and they had and they, they, they rallied fast and furious, and then they one advanced and one faltered. When Jerry McNamara was a senior at Syracuse, he went on the most unbelievable one-man show that I've ever seen in that tournament. And unfortunately, what happened after you know they, they won the Big East – you know, Jerry's hamstring was, was, was like spaghetti, and uh, he couldn't play in the NCAA tournament. And even though they got the bid, then all of a sudden, and, and it was just this magical, magical weekend that he had. Um, and so then they kind of ran out of gas. But the flip side was Kemba Walker when they were the playing game. And then they won, I think it was five games in that tournament. And then they won the next six in the NCAA tournament. So they went from not being in the NCAA tournament to winning the whole thing, and I believe that was in Houston. So you see a lot of different scenarios happen. But the reality, and the beautiful thing about what I do, J.J., and you know it's magical, and you know when you see it because you've been covering this, this event and, and teams for so long, is when you can finally, as a coach, harness the power of the collective mind that you have playing for you. And you go on these synergistic chemistry-like runs that, you know, the, the whole notion of, of, of synergy and chemistry is where this, you know, the, the pieces, the, the sum of it's greater than, than the individual pieces. And that's what you find when, when these Cinderella teams decide to put on those shoes and, and start dancing is that that magic is about to occur. And, uh, you know, the, the, with, with Syracuse that one year with Jerry, unfortunately, ran out of gas because he took it as far as he could and then his body kind of gave out. But the Kemba Walker thing was, you know, they just kept getting more and more steam, more and more belief, more and more fuel to the point where the next thing you know, they're cutting down the nets, and I, I believe that was in Houston, Texas. So you, you'll, you'll see both of these things, but that's the magic of, the, of this tournament. And, uh, and again, I go back, especially during this COVID year, when you can get that going and then you have some older guys, they're the, that's the team that's going to win, in my opinion. Coach, I look at that East region. You mentioned getting a team at the right time at the wrong time. Right now, Michigan looks like a team that's kind of limping into this thing. They had a couple of injuries. They lost a couple of games down the stretch. And I'm looking at this bracket. I mean, I think Alabama's a tough team. They've played really well throughout the year. Texas won the Big 12 tournament. I think UConn with Book Knight, that's a dangerous team. And the way they rebound the basketball, they can make some noise. But I want to hit on specifically a team that you went up against this year in the Florida State Seminoles. And I know Florida had a terrible game Saturday night against Georgia Tech. They turned it over basically every other possession. But, man, with Barnes and their land, could this be the year potentially for Leonard Hamilton maybe to get to a Final Four? So it's funny. that I have them coming out of that bracket. And, uh, and again, not that I know what I'm talking about, but I do think the one thing, and I have them beating Michigan, you know, you, you mentioned Texas, but you got BYU in there. And BYU is one of these scary teams that had Gonzaga more or less beat in their conference tournament last week until the last three minutes. And so as just when we were talking about with Coach K and being in the right bracket, this one is loaded for bear. And, um, and getting back to Florida State, not only do they have length, but they've got tremendous depth at every position. You know, they come off the bench with lottery picks. And so, you know, um, 
Yeah, they're just a team that, every, you know, everywhere you turn your head, they're unbelievably physical. They're aggressive man-to-man. They switch every ball screen. they got guys running in off, off the bench. So they've got size. They've got depth. They've got shooting. And uh, and I think, that, you know, they're built for this tournament because they, they, they've got older guys. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, and, again, Leonard will have them ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they're a team that's going to make a lot of noise. Coach, we moved to the Midwest region, and Illinois is playing unbelievable basketball. I mean, the Sumo's a stud. is a guy who you could tell embraces the moment, and when the ball is in his hands, good yep. things happen. But yep. I am looking at that 8-9 matchup. Coach, Illinois, I think, will have a tricky game with the winner of Loyola Chicago, who made the Final Four a couple of years ago. But yeah. how about the run that Georgia Tech has been on? I mean, you mentioned it. Veteran team, yeah. guard play, ACC player of the year. I think Illinois matches up with Georgia Tech. I'm not saying Georgia Tech's going to win that game. I think they give them a run for their money. There's no question. Georgia Tech has that. They're a team, when you think about what they've done and what they've accomplished, they have been coming and coming and coming. And Jose Alvarado – New York, Christ the King, great point guard. Um, you know, he, he's going to – if Wright didn't get the MVP, heck, he was a leading candidate, you know, guy all year long. DeBoe is a tremendous shooter. Uh, Wright, as, as we've just mentioned, is, you know, uh, third, I think, in the ACC in scoring um, behind one of our guys. And, and second, I think, or third, rebound behind one of our guys. And so – the one thing that I worry about them in this tournament is that they only play five, six, or seven max guys, and they don't have any size up front, uh, out with the exception of Wright. If he ever got in foul trouble, then they're in a lot of trouble because they just they don't have that depth. And so, but that being said, you still only play with five guys. The longer they can keep those five guys out there, they're older, they're experienced. Alvarado has been, you know, this is his fourth year. DeBose is third. Usher's a transfer in from USC. Wright is a senior. Parnum is a grad, a grad transfer guy, or he went to BMI, so he's his minimum a senior. You have an older crew that's been through, the, you know, every battle under the sun that just went through and won the ACC tournament. And uh, and you're right. You want to see you want to see the ACC champion as the ninth seed? That's usually not a, that's not a good recipe. Coach, your league in general, I feel like it got disrespected in this NCAA tournament. I know they got seven teams in the dance. Louisville not getting in. I, I didn't understand that. I'm glad they came. You know, Syracuse ended up getting the bid instead. We're not complaining about that. I thought Louisville had a tournament resume. I mean, I'm seeing Virginia Tech as a 10. Uh, I'm seeing Georgia Tech as a 9. Carolina is an 8. In general, yeah. do you think the ACC this year? Hey, listen, it's not the same 2016 ACC that had a couple of Final Four teams, but I think the idea, Coach, that this was some, you know, down, awful, pathetic year for the ACC was total nonsense. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, you're 100% accurate. You're talking about a year where, you know, for the most part, all of us, you just had your – there wasn't really no preseason, right? You had your four or five games. Teams didn't practice. They did practice. Every time you turned your head, you were, um, you know, you were in pause. You were in quarantine. You were contract. I mean, this went on. This has been going on since the summer. And so the hardest part, J.J., as a coach, 
Like, you want to have an idea of who your team is, right? And, and what I mean by that, one of my favorite quotes of all time, I used to think about this all the time, JJ, when I did scouting, especially at Syracuse in the 90s, you know, and it was from the art of war. If you know yourself and you know the enemy, you fear not the result of 100 battles. If you know yourself but you do not know the enemy, for every victory received, you shall also suffer defeat. And if you don't know who you are and you don't know who the enemy is, well, then you're going to get your tail beaten in night in and night out. And I say this to you because one of the things you want to know as a coach is, who am I and who is my team? And, you know, one of the things I think they said about Louisville, you know, also you have 19 days off in February when you're not practicing. You don't know who your team is. You don't know you know, their condition, their shape, their stamina, where they're coming from, their intensity level. You know, you, you know, traditionally in college hoop, JJ, when you have one day off from practice, the next day is a mess because everybody's timing is off. I remember Derek Jeter saying this. He didn't want any days off because, heck, one missed day, if your timing is off, next thing you know, you're, you're 0 for 16, and then you're in a slump in baseball. And I think the same thing is said in basketball. And so that's one of the things that for everyone throughout the year, hey, you were constantly dealing with some of these things. It all said it made it harder for you to know who your team was. Now, that being said, every school you know, in the country has to deal with these things. But that, but that being said, the ACC, you know, we were trying to get in our 20-game schedule with five you know, of your preseason. You know, you need all of that November, December to kind of log in to find out who you are. So when you get into the, you know, the teeth-cutting part of your league, you're ready for it. No one had that. Like, you were automatic. Like, put it this way, J.J., if you go, in years past, if you go 10 and 8 or, or now it's 11 and 9 or, you know, 10 and 10 in the ACC, you're in the NCAA tournament. You're locked, you know, because yeah. By, by that time, you would have 20, you know, you might have 20 wins because you're non-conference. You know, you were 12 and 1 rolling into the season. You got another 10. Now you're 21 or 22 and, and 7 or whatever it might be, or, you know, 22 and 10. But you're in it. And, um, but no one kind of factors in, like, okay, unless you got, you know, into the Big e, uh, I'm sorry, the Big Ten ACC challenge early on, you know, then all of a sudden they're making, you're, they're using their, you're using the normal metrics to get you into the NCAA tournament in a year where, where, where those normal metrics were not in play. And, um, and that being said, I think our league took a, a hit, but I don't think it was deserved, and I think we're going to find that in, in this tournament. I think you're, you're going to see that those guys are a heck of a lot better than what they've, uh, where they were seated. Okay, Coach, let's get to the cues because you went up against these guys twice. You guys had yep. a miracle comeback at the Carrier Dome. Then you whooped them in the second half when you played at the Peterson Event Center. What, in your opinion, has been the biggest difference in the Syracuse team that you guys swept during the regular season and the Syracuse team that played really good basketball over the final two weeks of the year? Well, you know what? Again, I, I go back to that little quote that I just shared with you. And, and I do believe it. And, and, you know, JJ, we talked throughout the year and, and with our good buddy Alex Walter. But this is Coach Behan. Like, you know, I, I texted him the other night because I think Buddy had 27 in their first night win against NC State. Correct me if I'm wrong. You would know better than I do. And then maybe 31 against um, Virginia. Or yeah, he was on fire. State. He's been on fire yeah. for weeks, regardless of the numbers, Coach. On fire. Yeah, and I just said, you know, I said, Coach, and again, I remember Buddy, you know, God, I remember when he was in diapers, right? And so now you see him grown up. And then, you know, when I was there back in 2012-13, he was probably in the seventh or eighth grade. And to see what he's doing on this on this level 
is amazing. And I told Coach, I'm like, you know what? It's a combination of you two because you know what you're doing, and Buddy's kind of in your system. And um, and I do think they just needed like every team. You're gonna go through these patches where you hit a, a speed bump, and you got to be able to kind of navigate your way back out of it. And I do think you know one thing about Bay is he's gonna make those adjustments. Um, you know, I mean, Allen has a, had a great year for, for the Cuse, and then, you know, um, Quincy's had a great year, and then, you know, Buddy's been Buddy, Joe has been Joe, Kadari has done really well, and I think the the interior was Dolajay and uh, and Edwards, and those guys kind of came along and, and, and played well at certain points in time, and, uh, and I just think that that's part of Bay's magic is that he kind of knows who he is always offensively and defensively, and they're going to do a great job scouting and figuring out what the other teams do. And, you know, and eventually it'll find its natural, you know, its natural place. And, you know, I get a kick out of it. It's like, even, you know, we were, I don't know what we were, four and one. And then, you know, we're playing Notre Dame one weekend. Everybody's like, well, you're they're two and six. You, you guys should beat them. And I'm like, well, did anybody tell Notre Dame that? Like, Notre Dame is still super talented. Um, you know, their six losses were – so I think the Virginia twice, Virginia Tech twice, Carolina and Duke. And so that, that's the one thing in our league is misleading. You know, you're an MMA fighter. You better become ready to fight night in and night out or you're going to lose. And uh, and I do think, getting back to the Qs, that's, they are MMA guys. And they're going to come at you and this is what they do. They have a reputation, a tradition that they uphold, and they win all the time. And so, you know, I'm not surprised. Of where they are, and I'm not surprised that they're 11 feet. They're they're really good, and uh, and you know they're really good because all of a sudden it comes late February in the beginning of March, and they're still swinging and and winning, and uh, and you know, and I've got them. Heck, I've got them going to Sweet 16. How about that? I know that would be music to the ears of myself and our good buddy Alex in Newark. <laughs> oh, we like that. Now, Coach Baylor, I'm looking at their region final one here, and before we get yep. your final four picks. I think they're awesome. I think they've been clearly one of the two best teams in college basketball all year. But I look at their matchup potentially in the round of 32. You know, the bottom half of the bracket, I I, I don't know who I like there. I'm trying to navigate it and figure it out. But, Coach, you're telling me Baylor could end up playing a round of 32 game with North Carolina? That's brutality, bro. Brutality. I mean, so interesting thing about Carolina. And, and now they got a young backcourt, don't get me wrong. But you look at their front line. I mean, Kessler and Sharp have come on out of nowhere. Baycott is one of the best bigs in the uh, in the ACC. And Garrison Brooks was supposed to be the player of the year. And they're all six. They are gigantic. And then, you know, and then when you look at, you know, I mean, Leaky Back Black has been there for a while. I mean, they've got a really – Caleb Love, R.J. Davis – um, they've got a really, really good team. And as you just mentioned, right, if you're a Baylor and you're a number one seed and you're going to potentially play, I mean, again, I don't remember where they were ranked in the beginning of the year, but I do think they went from being last place in the ACC or close to it the year prior to I think they were picked number one. And if I'm not mistaken, when the year began, they were definitely in the top eight. And um, so, like you said, if you're a Baylor and you're like, Hey, wait a second. This is who we're playing in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Was the second round? That that that's kind of that's a, that's a tough draw. And, and same with Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin beat Louisville in our league by forty that one afternoon, or thirty. You know, they were in the top ten for the better part of the beginning of the year. So 
Yeah, no, no, that, that's, a, that's a heck of a draw right out of the gate. Coach, give me a team bottom half of that bracket where you got Utah State, Texas Tech, you got Colgate, Arkansas, you got Vontech, Florida, and then Ohio State, Oral Roberts. It looks like I think Baylor's going to find a way. I think North Carolina will give them hell, but I think they will get to the Elite Eight. Who do you like in the bottom half of that bracket? So I got Ohio State beating Virginia Tech. One of the kids I used to coach at California, Justin Suing, is on that Ohio State team, and um, he transferred there. And he, he's just a super tough competitor. So I've watched them throughout the, the season, and uh, you know, they're, they're as steady as it comes. Um, I, I do have Arkansas over Texas Tech, and I got Ohio State beating them. But unlike you, I've got Carolina upsetting Baylor. And then I got wow, Virginia I like it. Carolina. I like when you're getting a little frisky there in the second round, Coach. <laughs> Proud of you for that. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. I appreciate that. You know yeah, it, man. No. Chalk never wins with this thing. Never wins. Yeah, no, yeah, no and that's and especially this year. The team needs to be different and mentally so strong. And, uh, and like you said, it's going to be like even like the NBA guys dealt with it. When you're going from the hotel to the gym, the hotel to the gym, and the hotel to another ballroom to get your food to bring it back to your hotel room, and you know you're sequestered on the ninth floor of you know whatever Sheridan or you know you're staying in. Um, yeah, day one, okay. Day five, yeah, not bad. Day ten, okay. Now you're talking day twenty-one and day twenty-three and that, and that kind of stuff. It you know. It weans on you because, again, one of the things, J.J., I mean, think about it. We're all creatures of habit. And you get into your routine and you're kind of used to what you're doing. But that was, like, put it this way. I want you to think about this. When we went to the ACC tournament, whatever that was, I'll tell you exactly what it was. We left March 5 to go play Clemson in Little John. And we played them on the 6th. And on the 6th, after the game, we traveled to Greensboro. And we knew before we left on March 5, and we left Pittsburgh, that we were packing because if we went and, and did well in the ACC, ACC tournament and went to the NCAA, we were not going home. So what we brought on March 5, and then, you know, our whole nature is like, we're, we're going to win it all. So we're there on April, whatever that date is, we, you know, you were going away for the next almost month. And whatever you had in that bag, you were living out of that bag. So books, computers, yep, all that kind of good stuff. And then in your travel bag, okay, sweatsuits, you know, what you're going to wear in games. You know, that's all you brought. But you were packing. You were not going home. And so, I mean, think about that. Who, I mean, how often do you pack, away, you know, pack up to go away for, you know, a month and, um, and bring two bags? You know, and, again, one is your work bag, and the other was like, all right, we're, we're going to cram in all this stuff, and we're going to you know, do laundry every three days. And, um, but that was the reality. So when you can do that and be there for that long period of time, it's going to require some, some serious mental discipline to endure it. All right, Coach, final one. Final four, who you got, and who's cutting down the nets? So my final four is I got the Zags, Actually, I I, I do think Kansas can beat them, Um, but I'm hoping, and and don't get me wrong, I like like Billy as well, but I'm hoping the Zags get through Kansas. I got Florida State with them. I got Purdue, and I got Tennessee upsetting the Cuse and then beating Purdue. I'm sorry, uh, I got Tennessee advancing, Purdue advancing, the Zags, and Florida State. 
Coach Timmy O'Toole, that is a hell of a Final Four. I'll tell you this. You end up in one of those perfect brackets. I mean, I mean, we love you anyway. We'll, we'll take it to uh, another level times a thousand if you find a way to do that, my friend. JJ, who do you got winning this thing? Gonzaga. I think it's their time. Yeah. And I'm rooting for Mark Few. Because, you know, yeah. I think about good guys in a business coach. When I was yeah. in Buffalo, round the 32 when Syracuse smoked them, you know, I'm a student reporter. This guy just got smoked in the NCAA tournament. And he's talking to me 10, 12 minutes in a one-on-one after the game. I think that yeah. kind of tells you what kind of guy he is. So I'm rooting no, for he's, Yep. He's like you, JJ. He's one of the best. Nicest guys. Great family man. Yep. The best. Coach, you're the best. We appreciate a couple minutes. Thank you for all the time. And I know we'll be catching up as this tournament moves along. So who knows? Maybe some surprises and maybe some magic uh, from the guys wearing orange. We'll see. You stay healthy, my friend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.